Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. Steve East, a.k.a. Mayor of Benoni, is a jack-of-all-trades, a master of all of them, a musician, a booking agent, a designer, music video director, a radio voice, vocalist from the alt-country band Crystal Park, founder of Rockford Media. I've known him so long that I don't even remember how we met, but he is in studio. Hi, Steve. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, that got me thinking now as well. I don't know where we met. No, we never. We're on the scene, I suppose. Inevitable, either way. Why music? What drew you here? I've always been on stage. I think I like being on stage. And music is obviously a big part of that. But since I was a kid, I I remember my primary school teacher got me onto stage. You know, standard one or two or something. Grade three, whatever that is. (laughs) Yeah, she, you know, told me to audition for this play. And then I did that and got the lead. And I was like, this is pretty rad keep doing this mm-hmm. and then music obviously followed suit you know joined bands in high school and that kind of thing and like the high school band that played at athletics you know really the, yeah playing like the hokey pokey <laughs> kind of thing so were you playing bass at the time uh no guitar i started out playing guitar okay just acoustic guitar and then bass came when I joined another band, there's a singer in the, in the 90s called Selling Silence. Mm. And then they merged into this other band called KT Marvelous. And we did quite well, I mean, in terms of being a seven-piece punk grunge disco band. <sighs> and that's when I started playing bass. For some reason, the guys in the band said, you can play bass, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing bass. And then from there, just started playing various different projects and people until eventually Crystal Park and now the Honeymooners, obviously with Jolene, my yeah. wife. Did you further your studies as a musician or has it just been experience? Yeah, it's all experience and self-taught stuff. I don't really still qualify myself as a musician. I like to say I'm a showman. I think I'm very good at getting away with things, pulling the wool over people's <laughs> eyes. I don't know scales. I don't know anything of that kind of nature, but, but I can muck around. I like writing songs. I consider myself a better songwriter than anything else. Yeah. Try and do whatever it takes to get those songs made, you know. If you were to look at your career as a timeline, what three to five highlights would give context to a listener who has no idea who Steve East is? I guess there's probably three weird kind of highlights, and one of them doesn't really make sense, but I was chosen to be a radio DJ on Rao Radio back when I was studying there, before it became UJ. And I'd always wanted to be on radio. I'd, you know, like I said, I've always been on stage and I did a lot of public speaking in school and won awards and trophies and those kind of things through that. And a lot of people had told me that I should be on radio. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to follow that. And uh, when I was chosen to be on Rao Radio, it was very exciting and it was a highlight for me because I was like, oh wow, people actually recognize that I can do this. But I never followed through with it because I got a bit scared. So I dropped out. You got a bit scared? Yeah. 
I was scared off, I should say, by, I uh, don't want to say who it was, but like a DJ at the time who was on Rao. They had told me, you know, some inside stories about how the radio business works okay. and the kind of like almost boys club that it was and how very corporate it was and all of that kind of thing. And that kind of scared me off and okay. I didn't want to get involved in that and I didn't want it to ruin my love of whatever radio was in my head, yeah. you know. Through that, I started getting into trying to do voiceovers, and and that's kind of sparked a lot of influence on that side of things for me over yeah. the years. And it's still something that I'm very passionate about, and still something that I want to do a lot more of. Yeah, which is why I use that as a highlight because it, even though I got scared of going into radio per se, it did inspire me into doing a lot of other things. Absolutely. Um, so that's one, and then probably you know, music-wise is. The festivals that I've played, I think like being able to play three Opi Copies yeah. with the same band is great. Like I really love that. I don't think there's many people that can say that they've done that. So I'm very proud of that. And then directing music videos I like to do. I'm quite passionate about that, even though, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I uh, just kind of make it up. I did study audiovisual communication. That was my degree. But, you know, that was 2003. So none of that applies these days really mm. anymore. You know, I've done a couple of cool things. The Vonderboom music video, which I directed and co-directed with Sita from Vonderboom and then um, had a lot of help from my friend Mark, who's my business partner in Rockford Media. And uh, he lives in the UK now. But, um, yeah, that was quite exciting to be able to do something. I've always loved Vonderboom since they started in the 90s. And, yeah, it was kind of a cool passion project to be able to do. So yeah. nice. Yeah. And so nice to play on the same stages, actually, now these days with yeah. these festivals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's weird when you hear people saying, you know, I've played on the same stage as this band and that band. And I don't really think about it that way. You yeah. know? But I suppose that might be because I don't think of myself as a musician. I'm just <laughs> like a guy in a band and, you know, yeah. I, I do stuff. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I... I remember before I started uh, doing music professionally and listening to like Josie Field on the radio. Yeah. I was such a big fan. And then I started making music and then at some point we became friends and yeah. have played together on a stage. And it's like those people that you really look up to one day are your peers and yeah. there's something really milestone-ish about that. Yeah, there definitely is. And again, I think that's something that I struggle to think about because... You know, when you look at somebody like Sita as a most beautiful human being in the world, yeah. like the most amazing voice and like rock and roll star throughout the ages. Yeah. You still get a bit like <laughs> when he like walks in the room, but then, you know, you're kind of just mates at the end of the day. Yeah. Know? I do this silly little YouTube series called BFF for a day. Yeah. And uh, we did an episode together as one of the episodes and it was quite fun just kind of hanging out and cycling around Benoni country club having a couple of beers you know i mean i remember you spoke to me about that mm. except i'm such a terrible tennis player that i knew well, i was just gonna point. oh <laughs> i was just gonna embarrass myself yeah well if i ended up doing the tennis episode with tash is the bassist from jack hammer yeah and he's a very good tennis player as it turns out <laughs> Which I knew that he did play tennis, but I didn't think he was as, like, serious about it as he was. 
So, uh, so it's quite funny. We took the we took the Mickey out of that on the episode itself and the way that we edited it out. So it makes me look a lot worse than I mean. I, I did play tennis when I was younger, so I consider myself okay, but um, definitely out of practice. But it was quite fun. I mean, that's kind of the point of it is just to have have a knock around and have some fun. You know, it's more than just thinking of an activity that starts with the, you know your name. So it's yeah. like, what else can we do if it's not tennis? You know? <laughs> but we'll think of something. We'll come up with another yeah. idea. I'll think of something. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a message about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something I'm less bad at. Yeah. Okay. What is your ultimate why? What drives you to keep making? Because none of us are under any illusion that anybody's making a real good living from entertainment and the arts. What makes you keep coming back to it? I love it. I'm very, very passionate about it. And like I say, I think I'm good at certain things that I like to exploit as much as possible. In terms of making a living out of anything in the world, it doesn't matter what profession it is, I'm sure it's just as difficult. I've always said that the ceiling in South Africa, especially for maybe even my style of music, is it's quite low. You can hit a level of success quite easily, mm. you know. And it's not to say that you'll make enough to buy your own house necessarily but you can certainly rent uh, one bedroom (laughs) and live a comfortable bachelor life if you wanted or marry a fellow musician and start a band together and then uh, you've got more money but uh, but you know what I mean like I think the ceiling is quite low and you can ride that ceiling for quite a long time yeah you know something that Andre Creel from Black Hat Bones said to me years and years ago if we keep playing roots music you know so blues country yeah if you do that for 30 40 years in south africa you know by the time we're 60 70 and we're still playing we'll be the living legends of that world yeah. you know as opposed to say like a punk muso or a you know somebody playing metal yeah it would be a bit weird if you're like 65 70 like still thrashing out in an underground club with like long hair and a metal shirt it would be weird yeah you know so that's also been an inspiration for me, just going like, yeah, man, this is what I'm good at. I, you know, writing country music or alternative or Americana or whatever you want to call it, I never thought about until Crystal Park started and started exploring that side of things and found out I was really good at it. And like, you know, singing, I slightly changed the style of my voice of singing mm. and I found a new voice inside me. Yeah. A lot of people you know, said to me who'd known me sing since my 90s bands yeah, and said, we've never heard you sing like that. Like that's, <laughs> you've found your voice almost, you yeah. know. And then that's like, okay, well, I should keep doing this then, I think, you know. Absolutely. And I haven't even done that much. So there's just so much more to do, you know. I've got so many projects across all of these things that we're talking about, you know, when it comes to radio or directing or video or music, you know. All of that, there's so many things that I still want to achieve, you know. Yeah. I mean, when you speak of living legends, um, it's so interesting because as a woman, the industry generally feels like a boys club. Sure. And there are not many women who are doing it later in life, who keep doing it. And I wonder, I see her and I were talking about how ageist South Africa is, but particularly towards women. I mean, it's a different thing for men. I mean, from being a man in the industry, do you ever think about that? Yeah, I suppose I definitely do. One of the reasons why is I did quite a lot of work with booking Cortina Whiplash as a band back in the day. Yeah. And they were quite vocal about a lot of things, which I loved in terms of like lineups and placements of them on the lineup at certain times. 
and other bands, which I won't mention, which they wouldn't necessarily want to be on a lineup with. Yeah. And that got me very, opened my eyes a lot more around that kind of thing. Absolutely. And I definitely agree with you what you're saying about in terms of it being more of a boys club. But, you know, it's so exciting every time you see more and more female musicians and, you know, living legends. There's, you know, there's obviously a ton of them. And like you say, you don't think of them because it probably is a bit sexist if you look at like Oppie Coppie's Legend Awards that they gave out. How yeah. many of them have gone to female? I don't think any. And obviously, they got maybe cut short a bit by doing that. And this is not a you know rip on them or anything like no. that. But there's certainly many that they could go. You know, Cindy Alter yeah. as, an, as an example, just somebody who's just been feels like she's just been there forever. Like Bob Dylan, just like. What? Yeah. <laughs> she was around then? Like, yeah. No way. Like it's impossible. And she's still there, still like creating, still making, still it's amazing, you know. It is amazing. And she's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I played a show. She invited me to play one of those songwriters lineups and she did a few songs in between. Okay. And it's like when you see someone who is so exactly where they're meant to be and you yeah. can feel it. She is so skilled at what she does. But that's exactly what we're talking about is that she knows what she's good at and that's it and she'll, sorry, she'll take it forward you yeah. know, and keep going and when you hear her, you know it's her. You know, if you play a song by her, you know, yep, that's her singing. You know, if you play Claire Johnson, you know it's her. Yeah. If you play Wendy Oldfield, you know, yep, that's Wendy, you know, yeah. and still going after all these years and pushing through and when you start thinking about you know, how much money is there and making a living out of that, surely that's going to be very difficult and it's a whole nother conversation. Ew. But the beauty of the art and the passion that's still there, which is great to see after so many decades, you know. Totally. And I want that for myself and I want that for you and I want that for, for Josie and Laurie and Jolene and mm. Black and Bones and yeah. everybody. <laughs> I want us all to be 60, 70, still playing and still just jamming and going at it and probably still moaning we don't get paid enough and yeah, yeah. Cool. what is your songwriting process like i dream them up and then write them in the morning <laughs> i i wrote a song in my dreams the other night again and this is like the second time it's happened yeah probably someone else's song but we'll figure that out later <laughs> um it's just kind of i don't know inspiration comes somewhere like a melody line will hit my head either a melody line or a lyrical hook will come to me and then i'll make a note of it on my phone kind of hum it through the recorder or, or actually write the lyric down if it's a lyric. Or it might be an idea for a story in a song. Most of my songs I like to tell stories. Mm. So it might be an idea for a story that I want to turn into a song. Yeah, and I'll write that down and then when I get a chance, go home and put something down on the guitar and then take it to the band. And mm. then Fred turns, <laughs> turns it into like a symphonic composition, basically. Oh, no. He's a genius. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. And, you know, with Crystal Park specifically, it's we're quite good at, you know, somebody bringing a song to the band and then listening to it and going, okay, well, I think we can work with that. Or kind of almost immediately going, nah, it doesn't work. You know, yeah. keep it for something else. And I think I've got quite a lot of songs that haven't worked in the past or maybe haven't even been completed, but they're still there, you know. Mm -hmm. Get round to them and use them for something else. I don't qualify myself as a musician. I think I'm a good storyteller and songwriter and, you know, that's a good enough start. What are some of the challenges that you see musicians today facing? Well, I think the whole thing's a bloody challenge, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it's any different, you know. You know, with, with new 
like new possibilities, kind of new challenges. Mm. You know, I was thinking on the way here about how little bands stream live. Like over the last year, you know, having that platform as Honeymooners, we've done a few live streams and Crystal Park's done none. And I was thinking about that and going, you know, there's lots, like majority of bands haven't or artists or singers or whatever haven't done. And there's like a couple of guys who've been really good and really religiously streaming all the time. Robin Ald and Albert Frost, you know, they've been going at it as much as possible. Mm. And I was wondering about that and going like, well, obviously that's the challenge there is that maybe a lot of people just don't have the internet speed at home that's required to make it look good enough. You know, we've moved to a new place now where we don't have any fiber or anything. It's all, it's it's LTE internet. So Mm. the, the signal's just not great, you know, especially if we're uploading something like that so that makes it quite a challenge you know but the possibility of obviously doing live streams opens up a whole nother world of things you know Mm. so yeah i mean the challenge is it just it never ends but like i say i always think about that ceiling again and i go if you just keep doing what you're doing and you honest and passionate about what you're doing then you'll hit that ceiling quite soonish and you can ride the wave man you know the music industry, if you want to call it that, is just it's a challenge all round. You know, there's so much involved in it that we don't even know. You know, as artists, majority of us, 99% of us, will never get involved in the business side of music. Mm. Never know anything about rights and royalties and radio play and you know mm. how do you get your song into a movie soundtrack and all of that kind of crap. Mm. And that's like a whole different world as opposed to just writing a song and even recording it. You mm. know. I mean, did you even know that Sampra administers needle time? Yeah, do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they're so, supposed to. <laughs> so, well, uh, I mean, that uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> as a musician, you should be registering the yeah. songs that are released there and every artist who plays on it, if there is radio play. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, I've only just realized all the stuff exactly. myself. Yeah. And I've been doing this for over a decade. Yeah. So it's like nobody's up front. Yeah. About this kind of stuff. Yeah. But there are people like Tune, Archie McKinnon's okay. project, okay. that are doing some really rad things to educate yeah. musicians on those kind of things these days. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the needle time thing, I think, is quite new here in South Africa. It was a new law that was only passed a couple of years ago, as far as I know. No, I think it's been around forever. Forever? Forever. Yeah. You know, it's always com- it's so complicated. That's the yeah. thing. And, and having all these different organizations, we don't, like I say, again, majority of the museums don't know that side of things. No, no. And that's okay. To, not, it's not okay, but, I mean, that shouldn't be seen as something to put anybody off music, to yeah. go like, oh, well, I'm not going to even bother. Yeah, no, totally. Because, you know, that should be left up to people who know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. Sure, that can cost money sometimes, but, you know, it's not hard to... I don't think to factor in those kind of expenses into running a band and going, you know, play a gig, we get X amount of money, keep some of it as a band, as a company, as it were, you know, know. and use that money for expenses if it's paying a PR company or if it's paying Tune or whoever to help us with all of that kind of stuff, you know. And do you know, 
Tune is, is a free educational thing. Okay. But what is interesting, as you talk about it, it would be actually a nice little business for someone who is interested in doing that stuff to work with the grassroots bands. Sure. To do a little bit here and a little bit there and to do that sort of admin. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's, it. a, it's a special kind of skill at the end of the day. Yeah. Many band managers and that kind of thing, are they're not musos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different kind of skill. It's something that I'm definitely not passionate about, but, uh, you know, I try my best to do what I can. Yeah. It's just so involved and it's quite time consuming. But, you know, with Jolene's new EP that's coming out, like, you know, that's something that we want to explore a lot more. And, and, uh, you know, with just music being on board in terms of releasing it through the streaming platforms, that helps one side of things so, so much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I say, I mean, that's, that's a whole different flipping kettle of fish, man. Like, I don't even have my head around it. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm a Samurai member. I remember, like, applying back in the day. I don't know whatever happened. Oh, I should follow that up. You man, definitely right? should follow that yeah, up. Yeah, useless. Do you register your songs with Samurai every yeah, we time? Yeah, d- we did in the beginning when Glenn was still part of the band with Crystal Park. He did, I think, I don't know. I don't know. don't even remember. It's bad. No, you must do that. You must register as you as you do it. And you know what's so great? They've got an online portal. Yeah. Which means you've just got to get your double check the membership thing. Yeah. And if it's not, hurry it up because I mean, in bands you've been in, you've had some radio play, definitely. Yeah. And after a certain number of years, it's like two or three years, I think, of having some kind of radio play or active movement on the scene you should definitely be a member yeah so you must check that because also another thing someone had mentioned is that every time you play a show yeah you should submit that also via the online portal yeah all the songs that you sung yeah and it's something like one rand per song yeah per gig so you know people can make a you know how many is it you do 100 gigs a year let's say i mean that's in a different COVID time. Yeah. But let's say 100 gigs a year and you do 10 tracks of yours. Yeah. What is that? It's a thousand bucks. Mm. They could mm. come from that. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, Glenn was very good at that back in the day when he was still in the band. And then when he left, kind of faded away. Yeah. But one of the issues that we ran into some of the times, almost half the times, I would say, is the venues wouldn't sign that form. The venue needs to sign that form off. Not you know? anymore. Not anymore. They're changing all the thing. No, it's just because all that's why the yeah. venues would go. Well, that, we don't actually have a Samurai license. We don't want to, you yeah. know, sign it, and then we've got record of us, and we don't have one. And then they're going to come and tell us we need to pay. And all I that, mean, you know? that is the truth. And in fact, that had stopped me from filling in those forms, not because of the venues not signing, but because I was nervous that the venues didn't have a license and I didn't want the venues to be yeah. shut down because then yeah. we would have less places to play. Exactly. But it's important that everyone has a Samuel license oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If everybody was playing the game, it would be the perfect system. Yeah. You know. So COVID came and changed the game. Have you noticed the silver linings yet? Again, like I say, the, the, the streaming side of things has been a silver lining in a different way than maybe what you're thinking of. As a booking agent, I book quite a lot of bands and artists around different venues and pubs and private functions and that kind of thing. And the most powerful way of me booking a band or an artist is for them to have a live video. And not many people have live videos, mm-hmm. or certainly didn't before COVID hit. They'd either never think about it or, you know, they'd play a show and they wouldn't think about recording themselves live. Just wasn't done, mm. you know. But for me, booking a new artist at a new venue, it's the best way. Send it straight to the owner or whoever's running that venue. So this is what the band sounds like live. 
and they'll get a gig if they're good enough. Yeah. You know, you know in the old days, the, the promoters and booking agents had to come to your gig. You know, you just invite them to your gig and like, oh, you know, he's coming today. It's the yeah. guy from Roxy's. He's going to come watch our gig. Maybe he'll give us a slot. Yeah. You know, now you don't have to worry about any of that crap. And with the live streaming thing, because like I say, a lot of bands should be as best as they can by utilizing that is that uh, I've got that content of those mm. artists to send immediately, you know. So that's a big plus of what's happened, you know. Wow, I have totally not thought of it that way. Yeah, it's great. Not a lot of people have, and, and, and that's why it still freaks me out, you know. I book for maybe about 30 or 40 artists in total, and I don't know, I think 75% of them have never sent me videos of them performing live, but they've been playing for like seven years, yeah. you know. And I constantly ask them, they're like, I want to get into this new venue that you're booking for. And I'm like, well, where's the video, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it on Tuesday. The, my bassist is coming around. We'll do a video in our lounge. I'm like, cool, man, do it. Yeah. No, it didn't sound good enough. For, I'm like, dude, don't like overthink it. Like, yeah. this is like, just pick your best song, play it live, send me like 30 seconds. Done. You know? Yeah. So at least, like, like I say, when bands have done live streams, it's it's there available. I can just send the link directly to the owner, and it's great. You know, so more bands should be doing that. I don't know why. You know, cell phones are perfectly good enough to do a live stream on Facebook, especially if you're like a solo artist. Like, it's nobody's you know sending this to Netflix to be a, a TV series. It's not going to broadcast on a big screen in fucking Wembley Stadium or something. Yeah. You know, it's like. Just put it out there, man. Totally. It's there for you to do that. You know? And if you want to up your game a little bit, a nice way is a little interface. Sure. Yeah. To plug in, to get yeah. the sound that you want on your voice. Exactly. Yeah, but like I say, you know, even in terms of, you know, your average, normal, everyday, unknown little band in Springs, it doesn't matter, man. Mm-hmm. Just put it out there. A song that you wish you'd written. Song that I wish I'd written. Where do I start? Probably Counting Crows <laughs> around here. Oh, you my know? gosh. Jeez, that tune gets me. There's another band called um, uh, Richmond Fontaine. Mm. This is kind of very, very obscure, unknown band who they broke up now, but I think they've got about 10 or 11 studio albums, you know, they've been recording since 96 or something, also like alt country, nobody knows who they are yeah. nobody ever will, <laughs> it's like the perfect alt country band, hashtag goals you know <laughs> and their last studio album's amazing okay. and I wish I could have written that whole album you can't go back if there's nothing to go back to it's a very depressing it, the, the guy, William Lawton is like an amazing storyteller as well fantastic songwriter very, very good at writing depressing, slow country songs that make you question your own reality. Mm-hmm. So that whole album, I think I wish I could have written because I'm like obsessed with it. Can't play it enough. Wonderful. And wishlist collaboration? You? <laughs> yes. Mm. Definitely Laurie Levine. I've always wanted to do a song with Laurie and um, we'll get that right one day, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> but she'll like it. <laughs> Uh, but I've been bugging her for years and she's, you know, she's just like, yeah, man, let's do it. Send yeah. me the track. Let's do it. One of the new tracks of the Crystal Park album, I have an idea for having her on. No idea if it'll work or not, yeah. but isn't that part of the collaboration, Joel, you know? Yeah. I just love her voice and I've 
just always loved her voice and to be able to sing with her on a track, I think that would be great. Amazing. Yeah. Advice for other indie artists to keep them keeping on. I don't know. It's hard to give advice. Eh? I was listening to some of your other podcasts and um, I think Andra was like, I don't give advice. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, I think that's the thing. It's, it's, it's just kind of finding your thing and just doing it. Mm. Realizing why you do music, you know. Yeah. That doesn't have to be answered immediately. That's part of your journey. You know? Some people find out after 10 years, like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm actually good at organizing samurai rights for a band, you know. Let me do that. Mm. You know, and that's okay if you don't know where your journey is. But, I mean, you just just keep doing it, you know. Don't let anything get in your way because in this day and age, nothing is in your way, you know. Don't worry if the sound is a little bit bad, man. Just play. Don't worry if your track didn't get onto radio. It doesn't matter. Just write another one. Yeah. Send it to another station. There's thousands and millions of stations around the world that will play your song, yeah. you know. Somebody out there is going to think it's amazing. Yeah. don't know if that helps. That does. That's wonderful. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you? Email me, steve.east at rockfordmedia.com is the best way. My company, Rockford Media, is on Facebook and Instagram. Crystal Park as a band is also obviously on Facebook and Instagram. And our website is crystalpark.coza, nice. which needs to be updated. But it's there. Eh, <laughs> we'll get there. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope this is usable content, you know. <laughs> There's a hell of a lot of usable content. Thank you. Cool, man. Thank you. If you are an independent artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on shotguntory.com. There's a voice. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. Down the road. That's where I'll always be Oh, every stop I make I make a new friend Can't stay for long Just turn around And I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on road never seems to end new adventure lies just around the bend so if you want to join me for a while just grab your hat we'll travel like that's hobo style maybe tomorrow I'll want
join me for a while. Just grab your hat, we'll travel light. That's old style. Maybe tomorrow I'll wanna settle down. Until tomorrow.